Welcome to Launch It Girl, where business coach, marketing strategist, and ex-corporate leader, Kenzie Mackis, will show you how to launch, market, and scale a business and brand that feels authentically you, leveraging her proven framework for getting known, seen, and heard online so that you can overcome perfectionism, feelings of imposter syndrome and confusion, and finally launch yourself into a life full of abundance and freedom. Oh my gosh. Brandy, welcome to the podcast. Launch It Girl, it's so good to be here uh, with you today. I'm so happy to have you. Oh my gosh, Kins. I'm over the moon excited to be here. Thank you. I feel so honored that you asked me. Yes, of course. So for those of you that are listening, uh, this is my first interview podcast, which is really fun. Um, I think, you know, as I've been on this podcast journey, it's like figuring out my footing in this. And it's all the new things, right? Just doing the things that feel a little weird and awkward, but we're diving right in. And I think this is the message that I really think, Brandy, that you can help share and spread as well is just doing things messy. And this is something that you also reminded me about when I first launched the podcast. I remember sending Brandy a message. I was like, oh my gosh, I had trouble getting the thing up on Apple. And there was this huge delay. It didn't launch when it was supposed to. And she goes, girl, like this is what you teach us. You teach us to do things messy. So I loved that. You reminded me of that. So good. Okay. So I am so happy to have you here. Brandy, you are, gosh, you are such an incredible woman. We had been in a shared community and we connected. We hit it off pretty well, I think. Uh, Both moms uh, really trying to find our footing in the entrepreneur space. What does that look like as far as being a present mom and wife, but also really running the business that we love, that's really driving, you know, that passion inside of us. And I think you're such a perfect example of that. Why don't you tell though, my listeners who you are, what you do, and really just about yourself. Awesome. Thanks, Kins. And that's so, so sweet. That's a wonderful introduction. I really appreciate that. And as she said, my name is Brandy Elitar, and I am a wife and mama to three exceptionally busy intense, spirited kiddos. And those truly are my most coveted roles in life. We have a very hustle and bustle household. So we're constantly moving around and supporting our kids through all of their endeavors. Can you say hockey mom, gymnastics mom, mom that pretty much runs on coffee, dark chocolate, inspirational quotes, and not enough sleep. That's totally, totally me. Um, But I'm also a success coach really specializing in family transformation. So I have like 20 plus years experience working as a behavioral consultant for kiddos with special needs. And that means kiddos that have behavioral challenges, learning challenges, you know, emotional challenges, but really connecting deeply with them and their families to help them, you know, find that success that they're seeking and equip themselves so that they can feel more joy in their everyday, feel more ease, and really be able to move from parenting in a more pressure-filled way to much more purposeful parenting, aligning to their core values, really anchoring their family, and leading with love. That's, That's what I do, and I love every single second of it. So good. I love it. I think I also have three kiddos, a little bit younger, but I remember Brandy telling me like, 
three is that tipping point. Like three kids is so, it's just a different dynamic. And this is something we're learning as a family as well. But I, I love the knowledge and wisdom that you have as a parent who's been in sort of that space working full-time while also trying to be a mom. And I think there was a point for you that it really wasn't working well anymore. Can you tell us about that? Absolutely. There was a 100% tipping point for me. And that was about 10 years ago when we had our third baby. (laughs) Imagine that. So it really brought that three factor full circle. And I realized that I could not continue on um, doing everything as I had done it to the level of perfection that I wanted it to be accomplished in and really be able to parent my extraordinary kiddo who was my oldest and very intense kiddo the way that I wanted to. And really what happened was my body started breaking down, actually. I I started having some significant health issues because I couldn't keep up with the internal demands and expectations that I was placing on myself. So my whole perception of what momming and having a work life and being a present parent and good wife and volunteer in the community, my perception of what all of that looked like was really very out of whack at that point. And that's really when my journey from moving from being a pressure-filled parent to being a more purposeful parent started to occur. It was like just the beginning seedlings of that journey because I realized that despite my profession, I had all these tools and tactics and strategies, but they weren't working (laughs) for our family. They simply weren't working. And so I had a missing piece that I really needed to discover. And it took some years to do that and working with a lot of other special families for me to really uncover the magic of, you know, mindset and how that parlays into our parenting as well. But it was an important journey for me to go on. I'm thankful for it. It certainly was an awakening and a harsh but needed wake up call for me at that time. So good. I've never heard you say this before, but uh, pressure filled parenting. Tell us what that felt like or what that looks like. So for me, with my background, Kim's being a behavior analyst is like very cut and dry. (laughs) You know, when you're shaping behavior, when you're in the midst of dealing with, you know, kiddos with significant needs, it's, it's very black and white. Like you're very focused on creating an environment, teaching certain skills, shaping up behavior, you know, reinforcing certain behaviors, not reinforcing others. And I was transitioning that over to my parenting all good skills, like all really great skills to have, but it wasn't working with my child because when it's your own kiddo, you're completely invested, right? You're really emotionally invested. It was very difficult for me to draw some of those lines. And so also parlay in there that my tendencies towards perfectionism and wanting everything to be the way it should be in my mind, it wasn't working so well for my super spirited, intense kiddo who at, you know, the age of five could literally like run for president for God's sakes. He was like a mini adult. He had a mind of his own. He had a big personality and he had this level of enthusiasm and confidence, which was wonderful, but it was also just exasperating. (laughs) It was totally exasperating because I'm like, can't you just be a smidgen submissive? Like really? And it meant daily battles. It meant that our household didn't feel good because there was so much pressure all the time to like be on top of every single thing that he was doing. And what I finally 
began to realize was that in not embracing his spirit, I was actually squandering who he was meant to be as a person because I was impression managing the heck out of every single thing that was happening. Whether I was sitting in his classroom, observing, volunteering, if he wasn't sitting perfectly like all the other kids because he has, you know, he's got ADHD and he's just got a ton of energy and, and spirit and zest for life. If he wasn't sitting perfectly, it would like drive me crazy. I felt like it was reflecting upon my parenting. And it just enacted this really negative cycle. And it's something that still crops up, right? It crops up for everybody across different areas of your life, whether it's your kid's behavior, whether it's your kid's achievement in academics or music or, you know, sports, those feelings of you know, them needing to measure up or somehow that reflects upon your, the quality of your parenting, that's a hard nut to crack. And it really took me a long time to do the mindset work and the inner work that needed to happen to be able to couple that with my skill set and really create significant change in my own life. And then of course, help others do the same. Oh, so good. I think with anything, mindset is such a huge component, right? And this is something that I'm learning even from you is I've done so much work on my mind and I feel like in my business, I'm really seeing that manifest in such a positive way, but I don't think I've worked it to the capacity that I need to really in motherhood. And this is something that is, I'm really starting to dive in through your program and your expertise, which is so incredible. But I know that I attract a lot of the perfectionists, like a lot of my listeners, a lot of my audience are, they're perfectionists, they're overachievers and they like control. And I think as moms, this doesn't always translate well um, in the home. And so tell, I would love for you to set, like, if you could give us just a quick snippet or kind of that quick win, couple tips, or even a, a tip, how, what does this look like when we let go of perfectionism in our home as a mom? What does that look like for you? So for me, a lot of it, and I find that same thing with my clients, Kins, a lot of the stuff is wrapped up in sort of the external, right? So not even just what's happening in your house, but how are others perceiving you as a family? How are they perceiving your child? So those achievements, if you will, the, you know, the school performance, or just the being able to, you know, sit in circle time without touching other people. Like it's all of these sort of unspoken things that can also contribute. But the school achievements, the sports achievements, all of that kind of stuff, what I had to begin doing was really start training myself to be present with my kiddos and keep things super positive, but mainly to get out of the weeds of my kids' stuff because it's ugly in there. Like it's sincerely ugly. If you're in the weeds of, oh my gosh, you got this grade, this grade on the quiz, this you know, this is happening or this score in on a gymnastics routine, or this is your plus minus average in ice hockey, whatever it is, when you're in the weeds, that is a place where pressure, I think, builds significantly for parents. So what I had to do was begin to really train my mind to get out of the weeds and stay surface level, stay present, keep it positive, but detach from those outcomes. And that was like really, really hard to do. And I see this with families all the time. It can creep up when you least expect it. So if you don't say, stay cognizant of it, you'll find that it starts bubbling up. But I started to really just have more 
generalized conversations with my kids around things that I knew were like triggers for me for perfectionism. So, you know, instead of like, what are these grades or what are these scores or whatever, it would be a more generalized conversation around how, how did you enjoy that experience? What did you learn? What was the most fun thing? You know, I loved watching you play. I loved watching you do your thing. Like I can tell that you're doing that with such passion whatever it might be, but we really worked hard to keep it much more surface level. And that way I could keep the perfectionism at bay and be much more present and patient. And we had just a more peaceful existence. It didn't feel so tense all the time. Like they needed to be performing for something or that I needed to be performing for something. It just took that out of the equation. I picture like a micromanager, right? Like nobody likes that micromanage. Uh, totally. Boss. Absolutely, the micromanager mom either. Like, oh my god, no! That's so huge. Okay, so let's talk. Let's shift a little bit. Let's talk about perfectionism in your business. And I want to. So this was about ten years ago that you had decided to kind of jump into mom full time. Um, And and so let's fast forward that time. What does that look like now? And what what was kind of the deciding factor, or what did that look like for you as far as getting back into really your expertise and stepping into that? Okay. So there were a couple of things. 10 years ago in that crisis, I started writing. So I really began my first significant book project, which that's still coming. I know it's been a decade. It's sort of crazy, but lots of other things have happened in the course of that time. But about five years ago, I started making some moves. Like I realized that, well, first I turned 40. And so I think that that can be a really reflective time in people's lives. And I sort of felt like I loved doing what I was doing, working with families and such. And I had a lot of flexibility, which was wonderful. But in some sense, I also felt like I was sort of just floating through time, waiting and wishing for something to change, but like not sure exactly what I wanted that to be. And then it was sort of like, well, Brandy, if you want something to change in your life, then you need to be the change agent. And so at that time, I jumped into an experience with a network marketing company. And that was really my first ever experience sort of stepping out of my professional realm and into something that seemed like more risky for me. Um, It was also the first time that I'd ever really sold anything like in terms of a product. And it was certainly the first time I ever like sold myself, like branded myself in some ways. So that was a really important step for me in gaining the confidence that I needed and just beginning to dip my toe into moving in like uncomfortable spaces. So through that experience, I found my first coach that I ever worked with. And it was really heavily focused on mindset, which quite frankly, like I said, as a behavior analyst, initially I was like, this is totally woo-woo. I don't get it. I don't know how this is going to apply to my life, but I'm going to lean in because I want to grow and I want something to change. And so that was really huge. Um, But the second part of that was it was really the first time I had ever experienced a virtual sort of coaching and training program, which piqued my interest. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I think I might, you know, be able to do something like this. And then, you know, my husband was sort of prodding me along too. Like I said, I started my book 10 years before. He's like, if you're going to write a book, let's publish it. If you're going to launch a blog, 
let's launch it. If you're going to coach, let's coach people. You know, it's sort of just moving me and nudging me. And then I did a workshop for parents, which I frequently did, that really just the light bulb completely went off. And the families were loving the content, hungry for the knowledge. But somehow, I think from being involved in that virtual experience, I was like, oh my gosh, we can do this better. Like there is so much of a better way to reach these families. Because if you have a kiddo with extraordinary needs, you can't always find a babysitter. It's very difficult to get out. Or you just simply have a really, really busy schedule. You can't get to those workshops face-to-face, even on a monthly basis, let alone on a more frequent basis. And so the idea was really born that I could launch a virtual program and really meet families where they were at that moment and provide what they needed in a much more up-to-date, new wave capacity. And I could really hold their hand and help them find their footing. And it would translate more easily to what was happening in their homes on a more consistent basis than just on like a monthly meetup basis. So that's really where the idea all clicked together. But then I got scared (laughs) because I was like, oh, can I really pull this off? You know, it's got to be ever perfect. It's got to be totally fleshed out. Hence the writing the book for 10 years mentality. And I met with a really close friend and colleague that I had worked with for years in the human service industry. And I told her my idea, like the first person outside of my husband that I had divulged this secret idea to. And I told her like, this is what I'm thinking gave her the whole like spreadsheet of all the things planned out. And then I said, but I don't know if I'm going to do it because I'm really scared. And she literally burst into tears in the middle of Starbucks, burst into tears, grabbed my face, looked me in the eye. And she was like, people need you. You need to get over it and you need to do it. And that was it. And then I turned around and I hired you, Kins, (laughs) because I was like, I got to do this. I've got to, I've got to do this. I've got to stop pissing around and I need to make this actually happen because people do need me and they need what I have to offer. And I'm actually being selfish if I'm keeping this all to myself. Oh my gosh. Ah, so good. I think this is so important for us to know because as you know, the mission behind launch it girl is like literally and figuratively like get it out into the world because if you don't, you're being selfish, right? There are people that need you today. And I love that your friend was so sort of in that moment with you and gave you that perspective that you needed. One of the things I wanted to ask you was like, what was your launch it girl moment? Like, what was that moment that you're like, I need to stop fumbling around and I need to just launch this thing. Was that your moment? That was totally my moment. Because like I said, I think everything, you know, you don't just become an entrepreneur. You don't just do it. Like things build up. So it was those things that I sort of outlined that built up. But that was like the pivotal moment because she's someone that I worked so intimately with. Like she knows my skill set better than like even my husband. Like we worked alongside one another for years and years and she just gave me that perspective and I'm like, all right, that's it. I I have no excuses left. (laughs) I've just got to get it done. No more excuses. I love this. What a powerful story. So I think so many people can resonate with that, that feeling of fear, right? Like we've all been there. I, we continue to experience those feelings, but it's like, how are we going to choose to lean into that fear and still do it? Even if, right. Even if you're scared, um, tell us about, and I've to be a part of this journey, it's been such an honor working alongside of you and to see your program really come to life and walk you through that 
those steps and really allowing you and watching you step into the most powerful version of yourself. It's been so fun, such an honor. So thank you for letting me be that person for you. But tell us, I'm sure you've had a time where you might have questioned. So you're kind of in the midst of like, you know, we're gearing up for the launching of your program. You're building, by the way, an incredible audience. You have a free Facebook group where it's like off the charts, incredible with the content that you're pouring in there. And then of course the people in it are just soaking up every word. Um, I'll be sure to link that Facebook group in the show notes, but tell us along this journey, whether like, did you question whether or not you were doing the right thing? That's an awesome question. I don't think I ever really questioned if I was doing the right thing because I had been working with families in so many different capacities over the course of years, but I did question if I could pull it off. (laughs) So I did have those worries associated with like battling the perfectionism, like we've talked about battling that imposter syndrome, you know, and who am I to teach this? How am I the expert in this? That kind of thing. And then I think the other piece for me was really a, um, again, a mindset shift from being just a giver because I'm to my core, I'm someone who loves to give, pour into others, volunteer my time, shifting that to actually charging for my knowledge, right? And creating a business model around that. It was a really tough mindset shift for me because normally I would be like, oh, sure, I can just do a consultation with you. No problem. I will just do that for free. So I needed to change my discomfort with the selling of myself and really get more rooted in the value of my expertise for my audience and understand that it was really needed. And I actually created a little acronym for myself that would help me (laughs) because I just battled this idea of being a giver and being a business person as being like mutually exclusive. Like they couldn't be one in the same. And so for me, I created this, um, little acronym that was like the gig economy, right? Like we live in a gig economy and as entrepreneurs, that's a huge part, but I was spelling it G-Y-G. And it, for me, it means give your gifts economy. So if I am giving my gifts, I'm still giving, even if I'm charging people for my coaching program, I am still giving immense value to others. And so some odd way that helped me sort of get over the just needing to give every single thing away and actually monetizing my business. Oh, so good. I'm so glad you brought that up because I see this a lot. Like people either not wanting to charge for their services or offers or undervaluing the worth of their services or offers. And it's important, A, that we don't price ourselves based on some set or um, kind of what we think. It's really like, what is the transformation that we're offering? And I think it's really important to understand there is a currency in both the transformation and the money, right? And in order to really have an exchange of that currency, there has to be that the money on the table. And I think people that have skin in the game are more likely to see that transformation in themselves, right? Absolutely. Well, and I learned that from you as well as my previous coach too. And so that really helped me understand. I mean, just from looking at my own behavior and reflecting things that I paid for, I actually followed through and did things that were free. I didn't always come back to because heck they're free, you know? So I had to make that transition. 
so good. I'm so glad you said that. So tell us now, give us a little bit of like a snapshot of where you're at with your program. Walk us through some of those feelings, the emotions, but also just kind of the output of that launch. I was so nervous <laughs> leading up to the launch because I honestly am, again, that perfectionism coming in. I'm that kind of person that I wanted all the boxes checked. Everything sort of had to be in order. And you held my hand along the process and reminded me that the learning comes in the being messy too and the figuring it out along the way. So if you have the whole path laid, then you're not going to be able to be as flexible and adaptable um, down the road as your people need. So that was a really critical thing for me. Um, but it felt so good. It had been such a long time coming, <laughs> Kins, that it just felt like such an incredible experience to actually put it out there in the world. Just validating and exciting that I could really make an impact on so many more people outside of my community circle, which is not something that I thought that I could do previously. So it just really opened my, my mind to it. So right now we're really in the throes of just beginning that small group coaching that I'm with a couple of ladies that I'm working with has been such a wonderful experience. And then of course I have a one-to-one -one experience and I have, you know, my, my community, which is amazing mamas in there that are just, you know, pouring into one another. And it's been, it's been an incredible, incredible experience. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm so proud of you. Oh my gosh. So fun. Tell us what excites you the most about building a business of your own. So I think for me, it's always about family. <laughs> I feel like family is the epicenter of our lives. So if, if things are off kilter there, then everything is off. I find this in my own family and I find this with other families that I work with. But I know I have so much to offer the families that I work with. And the beauty of that in building it on my own is that I can do it around my family. So I don't have to sacrifice because I'm quite honestly not willing to. I'm not willing to sacrifice the time with my kiddos. It just goes way, way, way too fast. So I know that I can build it in and around them and help others right along, along the way on their parenting journey, find their footing, figure out what they need to do by really providing them that guidance and support that they need to build their family connectedness, to really step into the success that they're seeking. Every family has a different definition of what their family success looks like. So whatever that looks like for them, I can help them really meet the mark and get where they want to go and really focus on anchoring their family and leading with love. That's my thing. And I would not ever build a business that would really infringe and impact negatively on my family. So being able to help others achieve all of these things and yet still living true to these principles is my, in my own life is paramount. It's like the best of both worlds. It's, I get to, you know, pour into people and be passionate and follow my purpose and yet still create this thriving family that is my legacy to this world. Oh, good. I love that. And I have a, you know, I have a similar story in that after third baby, that was when I was like a whole new person, right? The corporate grind was not my jam. And it was like, I need to be able to make my family a priority. And it felt like corporate wasn't allowing me to do that. And being an entrepreneur gives you that gift but also there's a lot of freedom in that. And I think you have to really check yourself. And this is something that you've given me a great perspective. And like, I become sometimes overly obsessed with my business and, and I love it so much.
much that sometimes I see some of that corporate mentality coming in and like taking over. And so it's really important, right? And you can have both, but I think it's intentionality in each day, in each moment, right? And I love your message about being present and what that looks like, like staying out of the weeds, but also like fully coming to. Um, so I love, I love that message. Thank you so much. Well, and I think it's really critical, Kins, for us, especially as moms, to be able to really show our kids, all of them, but especially our daughters too, that like, you've got to ask for what you want in life and you have to be willing to also go after it. You know, I love my kiddos seeing me work here and be flexible around their needs and still be able to be 100% present for them as a mama and also have a fulfilling, you know, thriving business. It's, it's really impactful. And I think it's funny. I, I caught my daughter making a video the other day and she was doing it. Like she, like I would be recording something in my group and it was the cutest darn thing. Like just the positive language that she was using all of it. And I was just like, they are watching, right? They're watching everything that we do. So, you know, just being mindful of that. It really, it really made me smile and it just made me feel so, so thrilled that I can be both her mama and also show her that, Hey girl, if you want to do it, go grab it, go, go after those dreams, whatever they might be. So good. I love that. I, I catch my middle girl also like hopping on the phone on video and being like, Hey guys, I just wanted to pop in with a quick message for you. I was like, Oh, I wonder where she gets that. And they're honing their public speaking skills, Totally, (laughs) which is something I didn't hone until like my 30s, so that's helpful. Okay, I have a couple rapid-fire questions for you if you're ready. I am ready. All right, best book you've ever read? All right, so I think um, Start With Why, Simon Sinek's book was definitely mind-blowing for me. I read that probably about 11 years ago. It was probably right on the beginning cusp of when I was having my breakdown and shifting Mm -hmm. everything. So that was a really big game-changing book for me. Awesome. I love that one. I haven't read that in a while. I should probably reread it. Um, Share a limiting belief you've had about yourself that you've had to overcome. That I'm not good enough, that I'm not smart enough, that, you know, I'm really not the expert and somehow I'm going to be found out. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so real. Those feelings of fraud, right? And how have you shifted that in your mind? Um, Really just leaning hard into the people that I know I impact, you know, and refuting it with those testimonials and those conversations and the real life. No, wait, come back to baseline here. Let's not get crazy. You have touched so many people's lives. Stop it. You know, I realize that it's just resistance talking now and I can put it aside. Exactly. Oh, perfect. Um, Best time management tip for busy working moms totally time blocking. So this is something that I learned from my first coach, which initially I sort of rolled my eyes at, (laughs) quite frankly, because I feel like, especially when you are a business owner and you're working outside of your home, the lines are very blurry a lot, right? And that's a lot of the reason why we get into businesses like that, because we want the flexibility. But when I really leaned into time blocking, not like blocking to the 15 minutes, but blocking certain areas of time, I found that it really helped me hone my focus. Um, I I produced a lot better. (laughs) I, I got the things done that I needed to do so I couldn't procrastinate on them. But then also when I blocked that time for my family and or my business, it really helped me deflect the guilt. So 
if I was working on my business, I had blocked the time and I was working on that and everybody knew it and it was all good. Or if I was with my family, I blocked the time and I wasn't letting other things bleed in. Like I wasn't answering texts. I wasn't answering Voxer. I wasn't, you know, working on a piece of content. I was 100% present. And that really, really helped in so many ways. So helpful. I love that. Um, if you had to do it all over again, whether that's life or business, what would you do differently? I really wouldn't do life differently. I think that life has trials and tribulations for everyone. I wouldn't say that I had the easiest life by any means, but every single part of it, I believe was there for me to learn and grow from. So I have a level of gratitude around that. So I wouldn't change a thing with that. In terms of business, I think I wish I would have started sooner. I wish I would have believed in myself enough to roll the dice and make it happen. I wish I wouldn't have been so bogged down by needing to check all the boxes. Starting sooner. It, I think it's that <laughs> the ultimate. Yes, I think we can. Man. All, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Trying not to beat myself up. You know, it's like I can't hang on to what would have been, but it's always, yeah, I would have started sooner. Right. But here's the thing though. I also feel like on the other side of that is there are lessons you still needed to learn, right. To prep yourself. That's the way that I deflect that when I start beating myself up around what yeah. if you would have done this 10 years ago, yeah. you know? Um, okay. Are you morning bird or night owl? Totally a morning bird. Okay. How early do you wake up? Um, well, right now with the kids being out of school, I'm not such a morning bird, but normally it's like 530. Yeah. That's my time. That's my quiet time. I need to sort of set my day up intentionally and I need peace. I need coffee. <laughs> I need to sort of be proactive in my environment and get everything like ready for when my family wakes. Mm-hmm. And usually that's t- the time that I can lean into some of those sort of self-care routines that are necessary for me to function optimally as a mom. <laughs> Yes. So good. You are like full-time entrepreneur and I would love for you to really pour into other entrepreneurs. What is a golden nugget that you feel like other entrepreneurs need to know that probably don't? Hmm, That's an awesome question, Kins. I think for me, there's a quote that has actually followed me through much of my professional life and it sort of keeps cropping up. So it's telling me I need to keep paying attention to it. But the quote actually goes something like, the secret to genius is to carry the spirit of childhood into maturity. And Adolph Huxley said this quote, um, something I had on my office door years and years ago. And like I said, it's something that just sort of keeps resurfacing. And I think that for, especially for those that are leaning into that entrepreneurial calling, it's impactful in a couple of ways. Because when I think about this quote, I think about always keeping the wonder and the curiosity in our life at the forefront, never losing your enthusiasm for what you're doing. So really following those passions, staying open to the possibilities of you. Like think about when you're a kid, right? You like, oh, the possibilities are endless of what you could do and be. And I think that we lose a lot of that as we grow. We sort of get conditioned to what society tells us that we can do or should do based upon multitude of factors. But I also think it, it reminds me to be more carefree and to try things without feeling like there are like massive consequences associated with it. It's, you know, being a kid, you rebound from those bumps a lot faster. And so I think that it just reminds me to 
stay open and to keep those dreams alive that are in your head. Because if you don't do it, mama, nobody's going to do it for you. So stay open to that and keep pushing for what you believe to, to come to fruition in your life. Because if you don't believe, it's not happening. Oh, so good. Can you repeat that quote just one more time for the listeners? Yep, I can. The secret to genius is to carry the spirit of childhood into maturity. Uh, so powerful. My first thought is about my 10 year old and he, ever since he was a toddler, he's been saying that he's going to be a professional Seahawks football player. And to him, this is very real. And even at 10 years old, this is a very real thing. And I hope he'll keep that real. Right. And until, you know, it, it manifests itself or it manifests into something else that he is, you know, really driven by. But I think, like you said, society conditions us to act or be a certain way. And those dreams start to die. And then our perfectionism, our overthinking, our overanalyzing starts to creep in and we create limits in our minds. And really our, our only limits are our own. And it's Absolutely. like, how, how willing are you able to expand upon those and step out of your own way <laughs> and continue to dream bigger? And that, oh my gosh, that quote is so powerful. 100%. I mean, honestly, Kins, my husband says that I live in Brandyland and I sort of do. Actually, that's why my, my website is Brandyland because it is an awesome place to live, but it is a place where my dreams really know no limits. And I always had that big thinking capacity. When you flank that with the perfectionism and the imposter syndrome that we get as we grow, it can minimize that. But mainly this quote says to me, keep believing in yourself, keep dreaming big, keep staying curious, and, and you can do all the things that you dream. So good. All right, girl, this has been so fun. I am just uh, in so in, in awe of you, what you are building, um, your wisdom, and I call it the gentle wisdom. That's just like, you're so gentle, so heart centered, and it's just it's so fun um, really being a part of your journey and also um, having you pour into me. And it's just such a gift. Um, but I want to make sure my audience is able to connect with you. So uh, how would you like them to connect to you, find you? Uh, what does that look like? So they can, if they're on Facebook, they certainly can find me in my group, which is Purposeful Parenting for Mamas with Extraordinary Kiddos. And I can get you the link to that, Kins, if you need it. And then, of course, they can also find me on my site, which is www.brandylandblossoms.com. Perfect. Because Brandyland oh. is a lovely place to be. <laughs> I love it. I want to be on Brandyland always. Perfect. I'll put those links in the show notes. And oh my gosh, it's thank you so much for being a guest today. And uh, again, such an honor to be a part of your journey. It's been fabulous. Thank you so much. All right. Talk soon. All right. Take care. If you liked what you heard today and want to continue the conversation, join us in the Facebook community. Just go to launchitgirlpodcast.com. Can't wait to see you in there.